Good morning, and welcome to Litchfield United Church of Christ podcast. Today is February 14th, 2021, and today is Transfiguration Sunday. I ask now that you join me in our opening prayer. Creator God of the mountains and valleys, we come to you at different parts of the mountain. We come to you trying to begin the climb, where we are tired, exhausted from another week of work, of laundry, dishes, housework, moving, traveling, and so much more. Our lives become overwhelmed with not having enough time. Help us to follow you, O God, wherever you lead us, and be with us during our own moments in the valley. Help us to put on our boots to begin the climb. Help us in gaining strength to get up for the journey. For it is in the moments of our weariness that you come, Lord Jesus. For when we hunger and thirst, when we forget to take daily bread, we come to you, to the table you have prepared for us. May we share in the beautiful feast with others in our lives. Help us open our minds to understand you are our guide. You are our compass to the mountaintop. Help open our eyes to see where your love shines forth in dazzling white and in majestic beauty. Guide us to the mountaintop where we can see all that you have created, that you walk alongside us every part of our journey, and then help us to not stay at the mountaintop, but learn from Peter that we are to go into the valley where your ministry lies. Help us be your disciples. Open our hands to join together in the work and ministry you call us to do. Guide us during hardships at home and abroad. Guide our leaders to peaceful discernment of how to govern our nation. Guide our fists not to be clenched in anger, but open and clasped with our neighbors. Help grant each of us the knowledge that you have called every one of us to ministry. Help us to understand our gifts and our joys to share with the world. God, our mother and our father, our parent to us whenever we need, we come praying that your dazzling glory may fill this, your church, and may the glory enter into each of us as we breathe today. Grant your people the energy to take this dazzling light and love into the world wherever there is darkness, despair, persecution, violence, disunity, and disharmony. Hear our prayer, O God, to unite together as a common people of humanity. With each breath we come praying for the ones close to us, for the names and people written on our hearts and minds. The family of Willie Arafat, the Landers family, Faith, Luna, the family of Thomas Cooperthwaite, the family of Dina Broadsward, the family of Leland Peterson, Ted Black, Tim Hall, Carissa, Scott Singleton, Mansell Samples, Gary Longbottom, Robert Longbottom, Jim Berger, 
Ray Newhauser, and Jim Walcom. Grant them strength, hope, peace, joy, and love. God, that in the dark times, in times of despair, we join together collectively, praying for each one of our loved ones, of our community, both local and global. Open our eyes, O God of light, that we may see. Open our eyes to the mystery of the transfiguration, the light of the world. And may your light shine through Jesus and unto us all today. Open our eyes to see Elijah and Moses at the top of the mountain. Remove the veil. Speak to us your word, showing us the way. Open our eyes to see Peter, that even when we want to stay on the mountain and build houses there, that we don't miss the point, that you call us to climb down the mountain, no matter how much we wish to stay at the glorious top. Help us to see Jesus climbing down the mountain, leading us down and out into the world to the ministry of your people, to our brothers and sisters. Open our ears to hearing God in the clouds saying, This is my Son, the Beloved. Listen to Him. Open our hearts to loving all who we come in contact with, sharing your love with others, and allowing our own hearts to be opened as well. Help us to keep climbing. Aid us on our journey, that with all of our senses opened, with our full bodies present, you are there with us, and we will be there for one another. With many prayers of help, God, we give you thanks for the community you have joined us here today to worship and honor you. Thank you, God, for life. Thank you, God, for community. Thank you, God, for reminding us of your presence in the small ways. We give you thanks for your love, your holiness, your mystery, your joy, and most of all, you. It is with these requests for help on our hearts and minds and thanks in our hearts that we come praying together, uniting in the prayer you taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So today on this Transfiguration Sunday, we have several different scripture readings this morning. And I'm going to start with Mark 9, verses 2 through 9. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And as he was transfigured before them and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, 
Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice, This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Our next scripture reading is Second Corinthians 4, 3-6. through And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not proclaim ourselves, we proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your slaves for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And our final scripture reading is 1 Corinthians thirteen twelve. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. Please pray with me. Radiant God, source of light, as you surround Jesus with your glory, so you come to us in penetrating brightness. You catch us off guard and expose our weakness. We choose the limelight while you call us to explore the shadows and brighten the darkness. We seek the spectacular while you bind up the broken in countless acts of mercy. We seek to stay on the mountain or in a comfortable pew while you walk to the valleys of need. Radiant God, fill us with light and courage to carry good news into all the corners of the world and to bring back the joy of your presence. Amen. In the passage from 1 Corinthians thirteen twelve, Paul tells us that we do not have clear vision as it concerns the things of God. Our vision is obstructed by a darkness. It is as if we are looking through a dark glass. That darkness prevents us from seeing the fine details of what we are looking at. The darkness is not sin, but rather it is the limitation of our faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. When Jesus led Peter, James, and John to the top of the mountain, it was so that they could see a clear image of Jesus unobstructed by the darkness. The darkness for these three disciples was their limited faith. They had been following Jesus for nearly three years, but they still had doubts. There are many Christians like that today. They follow Jesus but still have doubts. Their faith has not become crystal clear for them. 
There are things about Jesus that are cloudy for them, like looking through a dark glass. Maybe you are one of those people. And if you are, don't be too hard on yourselves because Peter, James, and John also had a problem with how they saw Jesus. Who was Jesus? This was the very question that Jesus had put to them about six days earlier in Mark eight twenty seven. He asks, Who do people say that I am? Strangely, Jesus asks all of them this question after they have all witnessed and participated in the feeding of the 4,000 with the seven loaves and a few fishes. It was their job to collect the leftovers in baskets. They had done this before when Jesus fed the 5,000 with five loaves where they each collected one basket full of leftovers. This time Jesus feeds 4,000 with seven loaves and they recover seven full baskets. It makes it hard to deny that such miracles happened when you are assigned as part of this cleanup team. Jesus did this intentionally to help all of them grow their faith in him. The leftover fish and bread were things of substance. They were real evidence of the miracle that they had been a part of. It's pretty hard to deny that when you're a part of it. Which takes us back to Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Still after all they saw, they had doubts, partly because the ruling class of religious leaders kept testing and challenging Jesus. They, like us, had to let go of preconceived ideas about God that they had been taught by men. They, like us, had to look at Jesus for themselves. They had to see Jesus for themselves, unfiltered by religious preconceptions. To stress this point, Jesus heals a blind man soon after they had cleaned up and started down the road. Mark eight twenty two through 26 tells the story. They came to Bethsaida. Some people brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. And when he had put saliva on his eyes and laid his hands on him, he asked him, Can you see anything? And the man looked up and said, I can see people, but they look like trees walking. Then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again, and he looked intently, and his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Then he sent away to his home, saying, Do not even go into the village. It is almost as if Jesus is saying to them, Open your eyes and see that it is I who opens the eyes of the blind. Jesus helps us to truly see him. We do not need to rely on blind faith because real faith can be ours if we see him for who he is. When Jesus asks the question, who do people say that I am? Peter is the only one of the 12 to offer an answer to Jesus's question. Peter answers with four words. You are the Messiah. Jesus ordered them not to tell 
anyone about him. Then Jesus explains to them how he must die and be resurrected after the third day. Peter did not like hearing that and tried to reprimand Jesus. But Jesus put him in his place and expounded on the reasons for his death. Then Jesus explains to them that some of the disciples standing there will not die until they see the kingdom of God come with power. This was a confusing statement for them and remains so for us today who think that meant some of the disciples would stay alive until Jesus' second coming. Dr. William McDonald says that's not what Jesus meant. In the Believer's Bible Commentary, he states that Jesus was announcing that some of the disciples were about to see with their own eyes the one who is the kingdom of God and his power. That, I believe, is part of the reason why Jesus invites these three disciples to join him at the top of the Mount of Transfiguration. Peter was the oldest, John the youngest, and James was John's older brother. These three needed to have the limitations of their faith removed. The transfiguration of Jesus is the miraculous revealing of Jesus as God's Son in his glorified state. Moses, the lawgiver of God, is present. Elijah, the chief prophet of God, is present. And Jesus, the Son of God, is there in the flesh. However, his flesh takes on a very different look. In Mark 9-7, it reads, God the Father arrives in a cloud and surrounds everyone with his presence and speaks to all present. This is my Son, the Beloved. Listen to him. Jesus is lit up in a brilliant white light, and his face changes and begins to shine like the sun. There's no shadow of darkness that can hide Jesus' glory from Peter, James, and John. The holiness is so bright as to be undeniable. Jesus is not just a lawgiver. He is the very word of God. He is not just a prophet. He is the promised Messiah of the prophets. Jesus is the Son of God, veiled in human flesh, but unveiled by the Heavenly Father in order to expose Jesus' divinity to these three human beings so that they will have unlimited faith in this Jesus. Needless to say, their world was forever changed that day. Their perception of Jesus was forever changed. Their doubts were washed away by the holy light of God, and their faith became eternally resolved by the voice of God. This beloved is the Jesus we must proclaim to the lost in our world today. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 3 through 6, and even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers. 
to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not proclaim ourselves, we proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your slaves for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Beloveds, our Father's voice echoes to us today from that mountaintop. Climb up with Jesus and see for yourself his unquestionable glory and divinity. Your every doubt will be washed away by the light of his glory. Your weak faith will be transfigured into an eternal faith that will not and cannot be dissolved or be clouded by the things of this world. For on top of that mountain is the one who reigns over heaven and earth. In his cloud there is no shadow of darkness, only light. Let him reign in your heart and rule your mind as you give your body to do his will in your life. Be a mountain climber and be transfigured with Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you enjoyed today's message. And I ask now that you join me in our closing benediction. May God now send us back down the mountain of our worship. We have been changed. We can't be silent anymore. We have seen the light of the world. Go and share the radiance of love. Amen. Amen.